I don't remember who it was that told me to listen to Interpol when Turn On The Bright Lights came out. I think it was AIM. They sent me so, a, yeah, an instant message on AIM. It was just a random person saying, you should check this out. It was a friend, but... Someone that you're not friends with anymore? They're not my friend anymore. There you go. And the reason why is they said, this band is basically the new Joy Division. Oh, strong words. I will listen to that, though. Sure. And no, I would like to say still fuck you to the person who sent yeah. me that. You could say that Interpol actually cost you a friendship. Yeah. Interpol sounds like Joy Division in the same way that Lenny Kravitz sounds like Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, not a really great close comparison. Not even. But they do get lumped in a lot. I feel like the most common thing when you're reading about Interpol or talking about Interpol, people talk about Joy Division yeah. the most. It's by far the most. If an alien species landed on the planet 5,000 years from now and they found pictures of Lenny Kravitz and Jimi Hendrix, they might think, oh, these people probably did kind of the same thing. And sure. if they found pictures of Joy Division and Interpol, they might think, oh, these people kind of did the same thing. Sure. But those are aliens from another planet 5,000 years in the future, and they would be wrong. These humans were really weird. Bands need to stop trying to sound like Joy Division. I think that it probably will come up a fair amount in this podcast. A lot of bands, for some reason, want to sound like Joy Division and do it really, really badly. The only reason that Joy Division worked is there was no Joy Division before Joy Division. They invented this shit. And Joy Division does fall into that category of, you know, when band members die, sometimes... Oh, yeah. Bands, bands become, yeah. you know, something that might, they might not have become had everyone survived. We've discussed this in other bands that we've covered already. We haven't even really talked about The Doors. I think sure. The Doors are one of the worst bands that people think are great just because Jim Morrison died. His poetry sucked. Oof. His lyrics were trash. Mm -hmm. uh, the band's not very good. Someone's pulling over on the side of the road right now and screaming. <laughs> I did not sign up to hear the doors trashed. Right. I, I wanted to hear about Interpol. <laughs> this episode said Interpol and he's trashing Jim Morrison. What the fuck? Fuck these guys. All right, well, Joy Division is not the only band that Interpol ripped off. I know that Interpol fans right now are like, oh, they're talking about how they ripped off Joy Division. How original. Okay, well, let's go there. There's an awesome band from England called The Chameleons. I guess there must have been a band called The Chameleons from America or something because every time you see The Chameleons, written online or in a book. It's always the Chameleons UK at the end of their name. Uh -huh. If you think Interpol is good, you need two albums from the Chameleons in your life. They're called Script of the Bridge and What Does Anything Mean Basically. Uh, listen to that. When I hear Interpol, one of these guys for sure listens to the Chameleons. Other bands that they probably listen to, Bauhaus, Kitchens of Distinction, Echo and the Bunnymen, Psychedelic Furs. Holy shit, Psychedelic Furs is an amazing band. If you haven't listened to that in a long time. I love the Psychedelic. They're so yeah. good. They're great. If you go back and pick pretty much any Psychedelic Furs album and just press play, there's not a lot of filler there. No. They weren't a singles band. They were making very good albums the whole time, decades into their career. It's a deep catalog and a lot of really good music. Music. I don't think there's ever a moment that I can think of where it was just like, oh God, that was just really bad. Well, because that guy's voice is so great, but also his lyrics are fucking good. And timely. I like this part of our podcast that we do every now and then, which is if you like this band, listen to the original version of the band. The light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to shitting on Interpol. Very uncool band name. I keep hearing us say it. And The Police was a very bad band name, but yeah. Interpol is arguably much worse. Obviously is inspired by The Police. The 
Interpol would have been a better band name with an E at the end. Oh, the God. Interpol. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what that would mean, but I don't either. But it would be but, okay. If you want to talk about not knowing what anything means, let's talk about Interpol's lyrics for I don't know conservatively twenty five minutes right now. Because <laughs> holy fucking shit, they're inexplicably bad. I can only assume that they sat down and decided to write the worst lyrics that anyone has ever written. That or they aren't American. They snuck into this country. They don't have green cards. English is not their first language. That's the only explanation I can come up with for how they could write lyrics as bad as this. They're just generically rhyme scheming with random words. Not a lot of depth here. Here's a lyric. Her stories are boring and stuff. She's always calling my bluff. And stuff. That's like how a 14, a teenager talks that way. You make me want to pick up my guitar and celebrate the myriad ways that I love you. I guess this dude is goth John Mayer now. What the fuck? It's so insane. Real quick, a friend's of mine made a little video about writing songs in this manner. Two dudes sitting down writing, I love you. I really love... I, okay, wait, wait, wait. I really love you, though. It should be like... I really love you. It's what it sounds like. It's that shallow of a lyrical concept here. Here's my favorite one. I feel like... <laughs> you can't even do it. It's you can't so, even read it. It's so it's bad. It's so fucking bad. It's so bad you can't even read it. I can't believe... It. I honestly can't believe these words are about... Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Hunter S. Thompson used to talk about this. He, Hunter S. Thompson was a writer, and he used to talk about... Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Some people you don't think know who... <laughs> if you don't know who Hunter S. Thompson is, just delete delete this fucking podcast. I, I think That's, that there are. Well, at least you don't... Maybe you haven't read his stuff, but you gotta at least know his name. They probably know of him come as on, like that Johnny Depp character. Oh, Jesus. When he was starting to become a writer, he would take a classic book, The Great Gatsby or something, which I think is a shitty book, but he liked it. Yeah. And he would write it. Like he would sit at a typewriter and write out those sentences to feel what it felt like to write something that he thought was great. That experience. I think there's a lot to be said for doing that. I think that people should do those kinds of things. Good exercise. That's actually pretty cool. The reason why I laughed when I started to read this lyric that someone in Interpol wrote was I was just imagining someone sitting down and doing that with this <laughs> and just how bad of an idea it would be to try to imitate this songwriting. Right. Okay. I'm going to try to read it again. Okay. Without laughing. Oh, man, it's so hard. Deep breath. You can do it. I feel like love is in the... I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Do you, have you, do you know the lyric I'm trying to get no, through? No, I don't. Oh, my God, man. Okay. I don't know it. All right, I'm just going to go real fast. Okay. I feel like love is in the kitchen. <laughs> you can do it, dude. You're like literally... This is real, too. You you're, not, you're not... You joking. read it. You're you like, read you it. legit can't read it. You read this. it. Wait, wait, where is it now? Okay. I feel like love is in the kitchen with a culinary eye... I think he's making something special. I'm smart enough to try. <laughs> what the? What does that even mean? What? It's fucked up, man. Uh, well, let me read it again because I'm still trying to wrap my head around what I just read. I feel like love is in the kitchen with a culinary eye. I think he's making something special and I'm smart enough to try. Okay. I mean, I don't even know where to... How do you dissect that? I don't know. It's so painfully stupid. I don't know. I feel like I probably ruined that by not being able to get through it. No, Hopefully that no, was entertaining no. for someone. No, God. <laughs> it was entertaining for me. I was trying not to laugh. You're laughing so hard. I was trying not to Join laugh. you. I found a podcast where someone spent 10 minutes analyzing the music theory of one Interpol song, and I could not bring myself to press play on it. I was sitting there for a legit 30, 45 seconds just thinking, fuck, yeah. I don't think I can do this. Couldn't even press play. 10 minutes of someone analyzing 
analyzing the music theory of an Interpol song, I don't know what the fuck you would oh talk about. Oh my god, no. I'm surprised that we've been able to talk this long about Interpol. Well, we struggled. There's nothing here. Yeah, no. This is one of the harder episodes. I gotta say, if I was ever gonna start a band, it would be a half-goth band like this. Yeah. Just because the people who listen to this don't give a shit about talent. I agree. You don't have to be good. Yes, 100%. Actually, I could throw a ton of bands under the bus right now. I saw, I, people are gonna get mad at me. Um, I saw White Lies play a concert uh -huh. here. Uh-huh brutally uninteresting. Yeah. I was just standing the whole time. There was a bar in the place. I just stayed at the bar. Give me more alcohol. I saw New Order and it was so boring. Really? Yes. <laughs> it is just so dull. Especially with New Order, you've got to take into account. I would say that New Order is probably more ripped off than Joy Division. Way more. Oh my God, yeah. Post-2000s Electronica oh God. is all Dude. New Order. Yeah, yeah. That's why it would be tough to do a New Order. Not impossible, it would be tough, but... I could do a New Order episode right now. New Order will come up a lot as far as bands are ripped off New Order. Because everything from like Nine Inch Nails to Interpol. It's hilarious how hard of a time we're having talking about Interpol. We just keep talking about <laughs> this shit because there's nothing interesting here. Maybe I made a bad decision when I said we should talk about Interpol. I've got some more stuff. I've got some more stuff to talk about. Their first drummer was in that screamo band Seisha, who are pretty much legendary now. And Interpol had like a live following around New York City without even having a band name. So I really think it was just this drummer cashing in on his indie screamo slash hardcore scene cred. Knowing that he'd bring people out. Yeah, built this audience up. And then he, this drummer left before Interpol got big. Interpol blew the fuck up, mostly because because of that Carlos dude's bass lines yeah. is what people say. I would argue it's more about the whole fashion thing, which by the way, homeboy wearing a gun holster on stage, fucking not cool. I didn't see that one. You, you I saw, you, I saw, do they even do, do it all the time? All the time. Yeah. I, how he did always, I not see well, that? You probably just thought it was suspenders. I think I did. Yeah. He, he's, it was always a gun holster. No shit. That's so fucking stupid. You already look like you're in the trench coat mafia. You look like you're about to shoot a school up any day now. Yeah. You need to calm down. Did anybody ever ask him? They probably just thought it was cool. But nobody challenged that. Nobody said, dude, why are you wearing a gun holster? These guys were automatically trendsetters. You've got to remember too, this is one of those bands that came out of the late 90s, early 2000s New York City scene, which is the same boom that gave us the strokes the yeah yeah yeahs the rapture plus 500 other bands that no one remembers anymore because everyone was getting signed because no one could tell what was good when two or three bands blow up from any scene what happens next is the labels start looking for yes. who to fucking throw yes. money at yeah. and the labels are full of boring old people who yeah. don't know what's cool they can't tell why anyone liked the first things that blew up 100%. so they just start throwing money at anything and then what happens on the fan side of it the audience side of it is is you're afraid not to be on board early for the next big thing that blows up. So when Interpol comes out, turn on the bright lights, everyone's freaking out about this album, you have to like it too. Yes. Because if you don't, and this band ends up being the next Joy Division for real, you're fucked. then you're gonna look like an asshole for not liking it when it first came out. Now that we've sold a bunch of shirts, maybe people will start responding to them wearing our shirt. We get tagged in posts all the time, I see. Yeah, if you get a shirt at yfbspod.com. I want to hear the stories. Oh, I definitely want to hear some stories. I bet it's a lot of people laughing at the shirt. I bet when you're walking around in a shirt that says your favorite band sucks on it, you get a lot of people who aren't dumb as fuck going, that shirt's funny. I hope. It's a great conversation starter or ender. If you're a single person and you're someone that goes on dates, you should buy a shirt and wear it on a date. Mm -hmm. It's a great litmus test. Figure out right away, oh, this person I'm going on this date with, his favorite band is Weezer. Text your friend, hey, uh, can you call me in a minute and tell me that you really need my help? Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. 
after that, everyone's like, yeah, man, they made a really good first album, but everything after that wasn't as good. Newsflash, first album, just as good as everything else they put out. Right. It all sucks. It was all shitty music. The only reason that you think everything after the first album sucks is because the hype has been removed and you're hearing it for what it is and it's garbage. It's bad, dude. People really dog on the band after the first record. All their it fans. Goes off a cliff. Yes, their fans for sure. I like everything Interpol does is not something that people say at all. Maybe you hear people talk about the first record, whatever. But after that, whew. It's rough. There's a reason why that is the common yeah. thing to say about Interpol, and it's it's just you know, because it was never good. Quick side note again, but that is such a common thing. Oh, anything from the early 2000s. The early 2000s was such a bad time for music. Right. You had a lot of very derivative bands jacking stuff from the 60s, jacking stuff from the 70s. Like, the Hives? What the fuck was that? So bad. I don't need the Hives in my life because the Sonics exist. I don't need your shitty new version of Garage Rock. You don't always need something new to fill a void. If you like something and you want to listen to something, everyone has this incessant need to find the new version of that. Just listen to what you like. Yeah, take a break and yeah, come back to sure. it. Sure. Don't try to apply that band and say, oh, they're like the new version of blah, blah, blah. Here's what you do. Make sure you never get pulled into something like this. Anytime everyone is losing their mind over anything, whether it's a band or a book or a movie. Except our podcast. Except this fucking podcast. Exactly. But they're already listening to it. Yeah. Well, you love it and you tell everyone that you love it and they believe you. So anytime you see the hype train leaving the station, there's going to be another one. Yeah. You don't have to get on the first one. <laughs> right. Just fucking hang out. You can skip them. Yeah. Wait for a year. If the band is good, they're still going to be good in a year. You don't have to have an opinion. It's not your job to have an opinion. I think everyone thinks that they have to have an opinion now, and you don't. You can just fucking say, oh, I haven't heard it, or oh, I haven't gone to see that movie. And if you're worried about the movie being good and you didn't get to see it in the theaters, there are shitty movie theaters yeah. that get the movies the second time around, and it, they cost way less money. Yeah, yeah, it's a crappier movie theater, but why are you going to see movies in the theater anyways? You obviously want that old school experience. So. In a weird way, I'm sometimes I'm like proud of the fact that I didn't listen to something or see something. You can't can't judge it objectively. Yeah, well, and so often it doesn't live up to the hype. People say like, oh, you got to watch The Revenant or whatever, which it's a fine movie, just an example. But, uh, shit. <laughs> that book's not going anywhere. That band's not going anywhere. You just wait and see, especially now when everyone's personal life is getting dug into. What if you jump on the next big thing and then you find out that a guy in your new favorite band is literally a Nazi or something? <laughs> That's going to be a problem. Right. If you waited a year, you could have avoided that. You don't got to walk that back. Right. <laughs> you don't have that awkward social media post. A lot of people think that Turn On the Bright Lights really sums up post 9-11 New York City. Dark and moody. This is such a big thing that they even asked the band members about it. And all the songs were written before 9-11. So it just kind of ended up being a weird thing where they wrote these songs, made this album, and it came out after 9-11 happened, and then everyone guesses that it got big because everyone was identifying with the mood of it. Okay. So... Carlos, the bass player we've been talking about, said to Pitchfork, we were holding the cards to a certain message that was about to become relevant. It's like the universe is taking care of us, even in the form of a horrific event. 
Yeah. Did you catch that? That is such a dick thing to say. He said 9-11 was like the universe taking care of the band Interpol. Oh my God. That's so fucked up. That's a really fucked up comment. Someone at NME hates this fucking band. I found the worst review. It's not even in an Interpol review. They were doing an article about a band called The Editors, or Editors, I don't know, who I guess are supposed to be like Interpol. And the whole intro to this thing on Editors is just about how shitty Interpol is. This guy wrote, the worst review I've ever seen. The worst band on the planet. A tuneless, talentless shower of Joy Division copyist fuckwits. Their whining, dreary, two-note monotone singer sounds like a cancerous baboon having his tonsils amputated and they should, by act of law, be dragged cock-first into the nearest ditch, shot in the head with a bolt gun, and have their entrails fed to diseased rats. Holy shit, right? That's pretty fucking brutal. That's the kind of thing that you would read on Reddit. Yeah. Some very hateful person yes. who just spewing, <laughs> but that's a music writer. Uh, that got published. Somebody called somebody else a malignant potato the other day on the internet. Were they talking about Amy Schumer? No. Mm. They were talking about uh, somebody in politics. I think I just called Amy Schumer a malignant potato, Mark. Yeah. Way to go, dude. We just lost a listener. Amy, if you're listening, I'm sorry. How much crossfire has there been in this episode? We've just been pulling anyone, everyone yeah. into this. I know. It's true. Who else can we shit on? Oh, God. There's so many. This is how bad Interpol is, is that when we try our hardest to make episodes that are at least 30 minutes long, we can't even come up with 30 minutes worth of material to shit on the band. This is the first time this has happened. We could have done two Beatles. We could probably do a week's worth of Beatles episodes, to be honest. The Rolling Stones, who have fucking 150 records, could easily have done probably a month's worth of these episodes. You're making a really good point right now. Even if your band sucks, at least you can suck hard enough to where the people who don't like you have enough to talk about. Yeah. Because in the music industry, the thing that you always say is, I don't care if anyone loves me or hates me. Replace me with my new album, my new single, my new music video, whatever. I don't care if anyone loves this or hates it as long as it's one or the other. What you don't want is indifference. You don't want people to not care that you've done something. And I just could not care less about Interpol. It's not, it doesn't even make me mad. I'm just like, okay, I see what you're doing. I see why it makes a lot of money. I know that you knew it was going to make a lot of money and that's right. what you were trying to do. Uh -huh. um, I even found a quote from Carlos that I, I didn't put in my notes. I'm remembering it. He was in the studio during the sessions for Turn on the Bright Lights and he straight up told the producer this better make a lot of money because I'm tired of being poor I think was the quote it must have worked I'm assuming you made alright not that there's anything wrong with wanting to make money no, I think that's really no, stupid fine. criticism to make of music it's totally fine there's nothing here it's, there's not it's just super shallow a lot of the bands we're going to talk about every now and then you can find depth every now and then someone writes about something that actually happened in their life and so there's more to talk about Interpol doesn't have that there's no story there's, there's not even a cohesive bad, narrative bad lyrics and again you don't have to have a cohesive narrative in your songs but if you're going to do that then you have to go full tilt William S. Burroughs on it and just garbled language you can't do this half ass that line that I couldn't get through earlier I think I'll be able to discuss it more easily than I would be able to to just read it out loud Yeah, he uses the word culinary in it like uh, yeah. <laughs> something's in the kitchen with a culinary eye sir everything that happens in a kitchen the adjective culinary is already implied if you're trying to create an environment for an idea that lives in this verse of this song, you don't need to use that word. And in fact, you should not use that word if you've already said it's in the kitchen. Yeah. And if that's not what you're doing, if you're just trying to do a postmodern cut-ups thing, you're failing. You need to get more weird. Either be Coheed and Cambria and the Mars Volta or write an actual song. Don't do this whatever you're doing thing. Yeah. 
I agree. The fact that they even put culinary in there in the lyrics is just is killing me. Maybe he gets credit for using culinary in a song. That could be a thing too. Maybe their songs are written on a dare. That's That would make sense. How you play that game with your friends where you'll pick a word yeah. and whoever can make it fit into a sentence first wins. The Killers call Interpol their biggest influence. No way. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Thank you to Interpol for that bullshit. Yeah. But that also doesn't sound anything. The Killers, they're just a pop band. Pure and simple pop music. Nothing else. That's so weird. I could see it. I could see the influence being there. I can't. Maybe I need to go back and listen to The Killers. No. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Go back and listen to the music that they're ripping off. Let's talk about Bauhaus more. Yeah. I think that people can't get into Bauhaus, don't really have a frame of reference for that sound. Is it because Interpol is a band that took like a gothy vibe and made it accessible? Yeah, I think the leap from Interpol back to something like Bauhaus or Kitchens of Distinction in particular, the Chameleons, is really the production. Interpol's production lives in the time. People have a frame of reference for this is how a bass guitar sounds in the early 2000s. You know, this is how a guitar sounds in the early 2000s. This is how it's recorded. Right. Even the way it gets mastered, that in particular is a huge thing. The loudness wars, maximizing the volume of an MP3 file, things like that. Those are things that make Interpol just sound fundamentally the sound waves that are coming at you, regardless of the composition of the content. It's so different than the good music that they're ripping off. Right. That I think that there's a little barrier that kids can't get past. They can't make that jump back to the older music that's better. But it's worth trying. It's fucking worth trying. I think it's totally worth trying. And it actually makes me think of the fact that, because my wife loves Bauhaus and that style of music in particular. And she works in a very corporate place where I guarantee she could find a handful of people that like Interpol. And if she were to say to them, have you ever listened to Bauhaus? They would probably not even know who Bauhaus is. Or if they have, it would have been weirded out by something. Bauhaus would have been too weird for them. Also, it's funny how we've been kind of throwing the word goth around. And Yeah. Uh, no offense to all the goth, <laughs> yeah. goth people. <laughs> people so are going to get so fucking mad at us. Goth kids are shining up their boots ready to That's kick, kick our goth. ass. That's not goth. You didn't even talk about the Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> it did actually cross my mind. Uh, the way they sing, I actually thought that there was some Absolutely. Sister Mercy, New Order, Bauhaus, yeah. and the other bands you mentioned are obviously better bands to listen to. Yeah. If your favorite band is Interpol, your favorite band sucks. Thank you for listening to Your Favorite Band Sucks. Make sure to share this episode with everyone you know who fell for the hype over Interpol. And if you're a member of any good music groups on Facebook or Reddit or any message boards where people don't take themselves way too seriously, or fuck it, even if they do, go ahead and share the podcast there too, as long as you aren't breaking any rules by doing so. As you heard, this episode was a shit show, but I think that might have made it even more funny. I don't know, I guess it could be different for me. If anyone out there is confused about what happened around 13 minutes and 30 seconds into the show, Mark forgot to put his phone in airplane mode and he got a text message in the middle of whatever he was saying. Again, to me, pure comedy. Anyway, next week on the podcast, it's back to business as usual. We're taking on another Rock and Roll Hall of Fame group, some guys with more than enough material for an epic episode. We're talking decades of very bad decisions here. We're talking about KISS. You better hope that clown makeup is waterproof because next week the tears will flow.